This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this week, I am joined by our chair of the board, Christina Boardman from Wisconsin, and our vice chair, Spencer Moore from Georgia. Christina, Spencer, welcome back to the Amphicast. You've both been on before. Hey, Thanks you. so much for having me. Yeah, glad to be back. So uh, this week, uh, all three of us come to you. Uh, we're, we're chatting in Brussels, uh, Brussels, Belgium, where we have just completed a three-day global DMV summit. It's the second global DMV summit. Uh, first one was back in 2018, uh, which was an experiment. Experiment worked well enough. We said, let's do it again. We were going to do it sooner, but we all know uh, travel challenges of the past few years. We don't need to talk more about that, but we know why why we waited. And here we are for, for number two. Um, we had uh, Anva's executive committee. Most of the executive committee members that were available to travel have joined us here this week, along with Anne, myself, and Philippe. Um, but Christina, tell, tell everybody, the non-AMVA people that, that were here, you know, we talk about global summit. I think we use the word global a little bit through a Western civilization lens, but nevertheless, uh, certainly from around the globe. Yeah, it's been a great week, Ian. We had some of our Canadian partners here from CCMTA. We had several European partners from the E-Reg group, and then also Australian friends from Osroad. So they had the worst commute, but it was, has been a great week, yeah. I agree. It was uh, across continents. Uh, you had uh, the leaders of those, um, those uh, respective areas who were here and shared ideas. It was absolutely awesome. And, and so why, why do you think it's worth having the, the conversation? You know, because uh, there's parts of transportation where it clearly is global, whether you're in the aviation industry or even road building where there's international standards. You know, the, the work of a DMV, of motor vehicle administrators, you know, I think on the surface, you go, well, it doesn't cross international lines. Why, you know, what? I get that it crosses state lines and even between U.S. and Canada, somebody could drive their car across. You can't drive your car to London, right? So why... You cannot. Well, <laughs> thank you for confirming that. Um, why bother talking to people from other parts of the globe? Well, I, you know, from my perspective, you know, I'll, I'll look at this week as, a, as an opportunity to expand on things that we've done within the AMVA community within the USA. Um, from this standpoint... Um, all of the interaction that we get in our ANVA meetings uh, gives us ideas about best practices, about things that we've, we are, we're doing in our respective uh, jurisdictions. That was translated across an entire continent or several continents uh, this week. Uh, and you know, from that information sharing, uh, we learn a lot of similarities and we certainly learn a lot of differences uh, or uniqueness in the way that we do things. Um, but from my experience, there, there were several shared throughout the week that I, I really enjoyed. 
Well, I don't drive to London. I do take my identity with me, and I do take my driver's status. So those are some things that are going to translate either um, either way. So, you know, when you're traveling, you may be renting a car, and are there better ways to authenticate my driver's status, better ways to authenticate my identity? And with a mobile driver's license, you know, we are seeing states come forward with that. We're also seeing this happen internationally and how can we recognize those um, for the legitimate products that they are no matter where they're coming from. So there are two things, well then Spencer's answer and your answer, where are two parallel tracks. One is these areas of um, emerging collaboration that makes all of our products stronger. But the other, Spencer's piece about sharing best practices and recognizing we actually are more similar than than different. So I'll, let's take that that one first, which is to say, you know, Christina, as you heard people talking about what they're working on, you know, what were some of the bells that went off? Go, oh yeah, they we have that challenge too, or they discovered how to solve it this way, and maybe we can learn from that because we have a similar challenge. Were were there any for either one of you that really stood out and say, yeah? That's a lot more similar than I thought we would have been, um, even without coordinating. There, there are definitely a lot more similarities than there are differences. I was really struck in the same way in the United States when someone moves to Wisconsin from Minnesota or from Georgia. I recognize that driver's license, and I'm willing to give them a Wisconsin driver license. Yeah. They also are doing the same thing across the areas of of Australia and New Zealand. They're doing that across the countries in Europe and recognizing that they are authenticating those in different ways and there is a level of trust within that country or that European Union. Um, we, We know that we are looking for the same things and safe drivers and so can we further expand that trust that we have for for driver status yeah across the ocean because that similarity you know spencer you know well both you know both of you being so involved in the uh state to state and driver history record conversations with anva they don't call it that but they essentially each have a version of it it's amazing uh, as you learn they're doing this across uh, countries. We're trying to do it across states. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and they've been able to do it successfully. Uh, and, you know, that was a, a very great experience to hear and, and learn from Eucaris, uh, one of the systems that they use in order to, to make that process happen. Um, you know, in, in Georgia, we're, we're always trying to do things uh, that make it more innovative. Uh, a great example from this week was uh, foreign reciprocity, right? Uh, we have these agreements established with other countries on paper. Uh, but as Christina mentioned, um, we now have a digital process that we can possibly use in order to make some of these um, foreign reciprocities even more um, memorable from the standpoint of we can authenticate. We, we know that these people are valid in other countries and they're coming to our roads and, and they're valid in our states. Uh, if they have reciprocity. Yeah, and so there's two different pieces of reciprocity. There's one you're getting at and the one Christina mentioned earlier. So there's the reciprocity of uh, someone being able to drive in another country using their out-of-country license, your example of renting the car in London. Um, And then where you're going with reciprocity, Spencer, the idea that somebody can move to Georgia from Germany Mm -hmm. and hand over that German license and get a Georgia license without taking a driver's test. And so let's talk about those two examples of how now both of those policies have existed for decades, and yet now there's a way to modernize how we can have confidence in those policies. 
we can absolutely take reciprocity to the new level. You know, when we established probably our reciprocity agreements, we sat down with officials from from Germany, from France, you know, whatever the country, we talked about it. Oftentimes the consulate was involved and there was a driver record on paper and then they had to have it translated so I'd know what that is. Mm. And then you think about state to state and you think about driver license status. Eucharist, just the way um, what we've been doing with state to state driver history record, they decide on these you know, qualifiers, these codes, these ACD codes. It's their version of ACD codes. Absolutely. You know, what are the things that we're worried about state to state? You know, we all speak English for the most part across (laughs) North America. We have some friends in, in Canada that are speaking speaking French in Europe it's it's different languages across all of those countries and yet they have found the codes to agree on mm-hmm. and lining those up and they recognize that country to country so that's really exciting that we could be doing the same thing and so doing the same thing take that a, a step further with the reciprocity example um, if uh, in Wisconsin you said you have reciprocity agreements with I have reciprocity agreements um, in Europe with both Germany and France. And then in talking to our European partners, if someone from Germany moves to to Belgium, they recognize that as a, as a license. So I start thinking, you know, well, if A equals B, then B should also equal C if they're recognizing that license across various countries and they've agreed to those driver license requirements, you know, can we think about that as well? So if I'm taking Germany and I know that Germany is also taking another country, maybe there's more commonalities and we just haven't gone through the paperwork oh, process. So you're going a step further saying, you know, why, why don't I, why don't I accept the Belgium license? If Belgium could take it to Germany, yeah, I went right I'm there, take it to Ian. Germany. I went right there. Yeah, but yeah. No, I was just trying to yeah. connect well, the dots here. I like to, I like to step in because Georgia doesn't have reciprocity with a European country yet, but we've been trying to seek one with Germany for the last few years. You know, every time we start this process, we're in conf- we're in conversation with the consulate that's local in Atlanta, but I now know. Uh, who is the administrator of the German uh, process. So that's the amazing part of trips like this. Uh, You get to meet people, you get to establish relationships uh, that you can build, uh, you know, ways in which we can accomplish all the things that we've we've just talked about. And so in that, you could have the relationship to have the new agreement, expand an agreement, or now to do electronically the same thing we do if someone was to move from Georgia to Wisconsin or Wisconsin to Georgia. Don't need to translate the driver record. Let's do agree on that driver history and yeah. we can receive and that electronically. Regardless of whether it's the next state or across an ocean. And on the other the other big one that you know I think you were getting at is verifying driver status even when you're not exchanging the license, but you want to want to use it. And this might be less in the government-to-government example we're talking about as much as it is the private sector or other entities that are relying on the credential, whether it's for identity or for driver status, um, that currently may, may not exist. Well, we think about what we're doing with DLDV right now. And if someone presents you know, a license, they need to know, yes, that's a real license, and, and, and you can take it a step further, and do they have a valid driver license status? And this would be very um, important for rental companies, you know, not only internationally, but, you know, locally as well. So I think if, you know, I have rented a car internationally, they take my license. It's a it's a beautiful 
credential. <laughs> um, they, they take a look at it, might throw a UV light at it. But, you know, if they can have additional information, I'm sure, you know, their insurance companies will appreciate it. As a company, they feel more comfortable um, renting cars if they have a little bit more information beyond what's being presented in a physical form. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think we're all trying to serve our citizens. Uh, and I know top of mind for, for Georgians is privacy and security. Uh, if we have ways to share information in a way uh, that is so limited that it provides the necessary information to get people, uh, you know, the opportunity to use a service or like a rental car, whatever it is, but we're not providing additional information uh, that would compromise their identity. I think that's what, you know, that's what this is all about. That's what these learning experiences are all about. And I think as we, we look across continents on ways in which we can share information, but then pr protect the privacy yeah. and security of our, our, our citizens, uh, that's, a, that's a win for all uh, institutions. And at the same time, improve road safety because, yeah. you know, use the, the reverse example of someone coming from a foreign country and renting a vehicle, renting a U-Haul truck, whatever it is on roads in Georgia and roads in Wisconsin, roads anywhere, you know, this gives those entities a greater level of confidence that those folks should be driving on our roads. Yes. And so you're improving road safety, you're protecting people's identities and you're, you know, security and privacy all in one. And so the other area where that starts to come into play is the evolutions with MDL, where you don't have to translate anything because it's all a data exchange. And I think we heard this week that, you know, we're, I think it's fair to say that um, I don't think I'm insulting anyone to say the U.S. is definitely on the front edge in MDL deployment, but there are other parts of the nation that are, other parts of the globe that are really right there with us. Yeah, I think we learned a, an amazing uh, effort that is going on in Queensland, for example, uh, where they are uh, in the implementation of the MDL process. But what we're, we're learning is um, many of these efforts, while while we are all trying to get there, and we want to we want to create a, a digital trust system yeah. uh, um, for, and we're doing that in ANVA for for the U.S. Uh, is there an opportunity to create a digital trust system uh, for the globe? Uh, and those are conversations that you can have in environments like this, uh, and and look at the possibilities uh, that may come in the future. And as we all know, crisis brings opportunity. And I think we heard from some of our European colleagues that um, Ukraine has an electronic driver's license. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of people that are leaving Ukraine. They're going to other countries. And through this crisis, they have found a way to accept that electronic credential and what it stands for in these other countries. And so they were kind of seeing that as a model and a first step yeah. on accepting that electronic credential. Yeah. And so since you mentioned Ukraine, I think we kind of have to pause and acknowledge that, you know, we all enjoyed a little bit of an excitement in this in the city this week. <laughs> we did. We did. Um, you know, we had the, the, the great fortune of, of visiting uh, the parliament uh, here uh, while while uh, attending the conference. But um, the day after we attended, who was in town? Um, Zelensky. Uh, that was absolutely amazing. The, the the blockades went up across the uh, crossroads, and, and uh, we saw a, a lot of excitement and a lot of police. <laughs> we did. <laughs> heard some more helicopters yeah. we heard, in the air. Heard a few he helicopters. Walking routes were impacted. Yeah, yes. <laughs> walking routes got longer. <laughs> but it was uh, that was that was exciting uh, to know 
uh, that literally we were within feet. Yeah. You know, a few feet, uh, you know, of, of where this is all uh, occurring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so back, back to the summit and some of the, the topics, we've talked a lot about the driver licensing identity side. It certainly wasn't all driver license and identity. In fact, um, in, in Europe, particularly, they're very, they have very active and uh, structured regulations around vehicles. And so there's a good amount of discussion around vehicle identity. And it's funny, we, you know, we talk about reciprocity or folks leaving Ukraine. A lot of the vehicle conversation was around the movement of vehicles across, uh, across country lines. Yeah, I can't drive to London, but there are a lot of vehicles that are imported from the United States that are showing up in other countries and vice versa. And I, we talked a lot about, you know, is this car roadworthy? What do I know about it? What systems can I access to, to find out that information? So whether you're, we're titling it, they're registering it, you know, whatever the model is, finding out about that history, finding out about the odometer, what is it about that vehicle? And then also taking it a step further and talking about vehicle attributes and knowing in this electronic world there's software updates and people are making changes to their vehicles. And as registration authorities, we may not know all that. And how can we have additional um, um, information on that so we have the most up-to-date information on the vehicles that are out there? Yeah, there was a, an amazing stat that was shared this week uh, in one of the presentations in which we learned uh, that these vehicles that are coming over uh, to other places, an example I think was given for Africa, mm -hmm. one in 10 vehicles uh, that hit that continent uh, is going to be in a fatal crash. Mm -hmm. That's astonishing uh, to learn that information uh, and, and then know that we have opportunity to create at least uh, some, some ways in which uh, we can create dialogue about how to reduce those types of uh, occurrences that's what an event like this is about mm -hmm. and it, it it ties together not only the the sense of it you know to use the cliche being a small role after all but also the idea that you in georgia you in wisconsin your individual state may have access to information that could save the life halfway around the world if we could just get that information to the right people so they can make the decision about should that vehicle be allowed in my country that's correct yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of vehicles, you know, we also, as part of the, the three days we were here, um, we were able to tour uh, some local universities um, to see some really interesting research being done in, in vehicle technology. We did, um, and it was an amazing trip in which we learned uh, probably a whole lot more. You know, we think about electric cars in the United States as being an innov as innovation. Solar cars. We learned about solar cars today, uh, and you know the the students who were involved in that effort. Uh, we went to essentially a, a, a university uh, that is a uh, technology center, uh, and they are finding ways to not only uh, make uh, efficient uh, vehicles that can run on solar and things like that, uh, but in even one case, uh, reduce carbon emission. Uh, you know, they're cleaning the air uh, when driving. I mean, that's something that we, we all get our emissions test uh, when we're, we're getting ready to get our tag. Uh, and we don't think about, we're thinking about lowering emission. Uh, these students are thinking about eliminating emissions. 
that was absolutely phenomenal. And go and and even then the step further that says when you drive this vehicle, not only is it zero emissions, the vehicle is actually cleaning the air, yes. so it's creating a, a positive impact. It's not a it's not a net zero. It's a net yeah. positive. Yes, exactly. And some of these vehicles were created entirely basically from recycled materials as well. And three D printers and three D printers. <laughs> it was such an inspiring yeah. day to think about how smart these students are and what that is driving them to do these great things for the future. Yeah, cars made completely out of recycled materials, solar panels on the roof, 3D printing parts. It was amazing. Did either of you drive in one? I know some some folks was able to, to get. No, I didn't get a one. chance to do that, Ian. But oh, thanks. No, no, we were <laughs> not like made you both feel bad. <laughs> no, yes. We didn't get it. All right. Well, someone will have to call Eric Jorgensen and yeah. ask him what it was like. That's I know, took pictures. I know he was in the car. He it was, was car. it pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, what else? What am, what am I forgetting? It was such a full three days. I know I've kind of walked us through the highlights, but as you go back and you think about, you know, I want to share with folks what, what we did here and what we talked about. What are some of the other highlights that uh, I haven't helped you touch on yet? After visiting with the students, we were also able to go over to a, a automotive um, showcase, uh, so to speak, where those students that we were, we were able to visit um, they are transitioning into the um, work world uh, and working for, for companies uh, that <clears throat> are continuing to revolutionize exactly what they're trying to discover, uh, make it a little bit more um, roadworthy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that visit was absolutely uh, wonderful, too. We learned, um, you know, a lot about, about Euro NCAP. Uh, which is, um, you know, as I was speaking to a gentleman here from that group earlier in the week, uh, you know, it represents what our National Highway Traffic Safety Administration or Inst Institute of Insurance uh, uh, for Highway Safety. Uh, they are trying to create ways in which the cars um, are are literally um, so so uh, enthralled with technology. Yeah. Uh, that they won't crash. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, you know, we heard some presentations where literally the goal is to put more cars on the road, mm -hmm. uh, but create less events like crashes and injuries and fatalities, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. That maybe you don't need to expand the transportation network. You can have more density on those roads. On the existing infrastructure. Yeah, yes. if you are, um, and the methodology that's going into, you know, basically thinking about every possible scenario in all of these environments and how do you program for that. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing a lot of research here in Europe on that. I spoke to a, a young man at lunch um, who is here and he has a lot of, works with a lot of companies locally and making those connections. He's very involved in automated vehicles and he had been to Arizona recently and Eric Jorgensen happened to be at the table and so he had visited Waymo um, and just really wanted to talk about that a lot because I don't think that they're seeing as many vehicles on the road. They're doing a lot with the research, but he was um, quite excited to see the Waymo shuttles in operation in yeah. Phoenix and what's happening there. Yeah, Bernard Soriano was also here from California. Uh, he was able to ask a lot of really great questions, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, about what they're doing and, and of course what California is trying to do as it relates to automated vehicles. So. Uh, just a great learning experience. Right. Right. 
Well, I appreciate you uh, both uh, taking the time to travel all the way here to, to Brussels as part of the, the AMVA delegation. Um, we mentioned we were joined by both uh, Eric and Bernard. We were also uh, joined by uh, Chrissy Neiser from Maryland and Rhonda Lamb from Nebraska. Um, and uh, of course, myself, Anne and Philippe. So uh, w what's next with this global con conversation? You know, you have these amazing events, not unlike an AMVA, right? You go to an AIC or a regional conference and you have all this knowledge and you build these networks and you meet these people. Um, and then it's a struggle to make sure that, you know, when you get home, you've all got day jobs to do and constant fires to put out. Um, and sometimes the, the urgency of the day gets in the way of the importance of working on, you know, moving the needle for tomorrow. Uh, so how do we make sure that we take some of these ideas and we continue to move that ball forward uh, in between so the first global summit was in 2018 we all know what happened in between and so here we are in 2023 and we did spend some time as a group talking about next steps you know from 2018 to today a lot of that time was spent just getting to know each other having receiving overviews of, of how things work in each of those countries what their values are what they want from the relationship and not surprisingly we found out how much we have in common so we did talk about you know what are the next steps when will we be meeting again when are we going to um you know where is that going to be and we're not going to wait you know four years or five years we want to make sure that we are meeting on a more regular basis we are also putting together what they refer to as a, a communique. Yes, it's fancy. We might call it like a, an issue paper, but yeah. yeah um, but a communique sounds way better. And, um, and really spending some time summarizing what we talked about, figuring out some next steps. I think we may even, you know, have some work groups established and some point people because yes, we do get busy, but to think about what kind of a difference we can make when we are cooperating all together on this larger scale. It's just too exciting to um, let that time get by without doing something. Yeah. Right. These are events that certainly you can't have as often as we have AMVA events within right. the states. Um, but, you know, there are uh, opportunities uh, where we cannot have those uh, four or five years, as Christina mentioned, go by and not have another event in which we are building on each event. Uh, that's the goal. Uh, you know, one of the things that I heard uh, when we were at the university is the limitless ideas that come from these students, right? What if we, and I think one of the, the things that we all suffer from is we, as we get older, we create more limits, right? We, we, we all learn to live within the limits. Um, but if we were to expand our mindset, uh, and look at this from a perspective of uh, it's limitless. It just needs to continue to build. We'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Spencer, Christina, thank you as always. We'll look forward to more conversations as we move these projects forward. Thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast. Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.